1: plushcarecom loss The major talking point in the world of football stretches far beyond the pitch. The horrific death of African-American George Floyd in police custody on May 25th has led to nationwide protests across the US and sparked a global outcry. Jadon Sancho became the figurehead of football's response when he revealed a Justice for George Floyd shirt after scoring for Borussia Dortmund on Sunday, but he's not alone. Fellow Bundesliga players Weston McKennie, Marcus Turam and Akraf Hakimi also paid tribute during games, while the entire Liverpool squad took a knee at training under the tagline Strength in Unity, hashtag Black Lives Matter. In fact, so many people from the world of football have spoken out. And that's why, as uncomfortable a discussion point as it may be, today's podcast has to focus on racism. Joining me is Paul Parker of former Manchester United QPR and England fame, creative director Oliver Hazeo, and Eurosport's very own Pete Sharland. Hello, morning everyone. Uh, great to have such a stellar cast with us this morning. Paul, I'll start with you. How are you doing as, well, we're still in lockdown pretty much, aren't we? How are you getting on?
0: I'm all right. I'm a lot better of late because things are being made a little bit easier. You can actually do a lot more with, without feeling guilty. Or made to feel guilty, I should say.
1: Or made to feel guilty, indeed. Oli, you're making your second appearance on the podcast as well. Great to have you back. How are you doing?
2: Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm good, thank you. I'm good. Like, uh, it's sunny days, it's warmer, so that always helps. So, yeah, I'm feeling a lot better.
1: Got my neighbours drilling upstairs above my head, so if um if I go quiet or go into a rage, that that is why. Uh, Pete, how are you doing?
3: Complete the set. <laughs> I'm very well, thank you. As ever, I'm just happy to make the cut.
1: Paul, if I might start with you, what have you made from... The reaction towards george floyd's death and the protests and how did you feel when you saw them
0: I have to say maybe I'm, I'm a bit different to a, to a lot of people it's kind of my attitude it's America again it's problems that's, that's the way that's the way I looked at it it's just as it's been going on and it's and this time this has been brought up in front of people and you just shrug your shoulders sometimes and just say it's America with their with their big issues which is something that they just haven't been able to to deal to deal with it's just that it's annoying that they there, there seems to be all these protests they do more protests than anybody but they never seem to take a step forward they keep seem to be going taking steps back
1: how was your response more to the the football aspect of it the the celebrations by Sancho Hikimi um, a couple of the other Bundesliga players um, and then the kind of so the wave of social media posts including the obviously the Liverpool one of the the squad taking the knee
0: I looking at it, you're there to play football and maybe football and politics don't go together you know and Sanchez yes yeah, scoring is going doing and doing what he's done I don't know I just I like a, a fuller picture of things before you suddenly start going and throwing yourself into things really which you don't really know about it's a, you know it's thousands of miles away from where we are and I just I just worries me that you're getting involved in something
1: would you, wouldn't you say, I mean, it was a horrific incident that has, has sparked it and obviously this has been bubbling under the surface for some time because obviously footballers are in the spotlight. They can shift attention onto to an array of subjects and they're they're picking something that, that seems very, very commendable at this time. Would you would you not say that that is worthwhile for them using their platform to do that?
0: In the sense of the way football footballers have been treated over these last, in the lockdown period of footballers seem to have been the scapegoat for every scapegoat of everything that's gone over this lockdown. Then football footballers do actually need something to you know to, to something good to come out. The, th- the thing for me is more than anything is the situation in a way is is being dealt with. They've, they've got a hold of the policeman. What he was doing was wrong. It was excessive, and now they're trying to deal with a situation with the policeman. But all of a sudden now, there's other things going on, and people have jumped on a bandwagon. And what you see was happening in America: more innocent people are getting injured because they're trying to protect their property. And it's just all elongated now. And and that that would be, that would be a concern for me: is that the innocent now are being victimized.
1: Olá, I'll bring you bring you in here. I think we'll try and stick it to football's response as much as possible. I don't, I don't know how much we're all political experts. Mm-hmm. Um, probably you guys more more than myself. But football's reaction, Olá, what did you make of that towards George Floyd and and now the protests? Obviously hitting America and the the global outrage. Really,
2: I think it was. Um, I think it was a nice uh, acknowledgement from. Some of the black players that we've mentioned so from Jane Sancho from Hakimi, from Marcus Toram as well in in other respects I feel some recognition is is good but what we're looking for is not simply performative recognitions of of outrage we're looking for actual systemic change and that's what these players were were bringing attention to and I think that was a real brave thing for them to to do and, and is it it's good of them to use their platform to try and make a stand and draw attention to this systemic problem that we have across the world. I think the combination that would be like not the perfect solution, or, but what a lot of people are looking for when combating racism and when combating this specific instance of racism and the specific movement towards changing and reducing and getting rid of police oppression and, and over-policing of minorities, specifically black people, is is looking for a combination of something that is public and and you're showing your support but also doing something effective so so investing in those people who are who are fighting for change and fighting for a better world so actually putting your money where your mouth is pretty much is what i'm saying and also going along to those process um peacefully ideally but also just going along and showing your support on the ground along with everyone else who is also on the ground as well
1: Pete, can I bring you in? What have you made of that?
3: Yeah, no, I totally agree with what Ola said. I think it's interesting to sort of watch the response to these things. Obviously, what happened in Minneapolis was horrific. And it just is evidence of the systemic racism that exists in America. But it's interesting watching sports reaction because I think it doesn't really matter. Like all these statements you can put out. And I think it's right that the players are doing what they're doing. I think it's good that they're using their platform. But realistically i don't want to be that person but it's not going to change anything because everyone at the top of all these sports its not just football they're all white men that's all it is and until all of these sports make an actual conceited effort to hire more people of racial and gender diversity you're not going to get any sort of changes whatsoever so like organizations can release statements and it's important that white people actually take responsibility and take action in these sort of situations because if they just stand by and let it happen. Then we're just going to get more of the same that we've had for the last like 15 or 20 years that I when mean, it seems to been really exacerbated, but until sport actually makes a conscious effort to hire differently and make changes throughout organizations, especially higher up, you're not really going to see any changes because it's still going to be seen as like a case of like black players having to speak up and like make their voices heard. Whereas because they're not getting that sort of representation higher up in the organizations, both at club level and at like government body level.
1: Paul, how hard is it? Obviously, you've, you've had a storied career. You played for Manchester United, England, QPR, Fulham. Major, major clubs. But how hard do you think it is for footballers to speak out then, then and now? Obviously, it's, it shouldn't be down to footballers to, to, lead, to lead this.
0: On that last bit, you're saying, no, it shouldn't be up to, up to them. But footballers are out there more. They're in the public eye now, more so than what they were in my time. And It isn't about football a lot of the times. It's just the way society is now. With social media, the footballers are the first port of call. We've seen it already, what's happened during a lockdown. Nick Hancock couldn't help himself but mention footballers when it comes to players should be doing this with ch- charities. He couldn't help because football was in, is in the highlights. CEOs are not far wealthier people as such and what they got, but that didn't get mentioned. It's footballers who get a mention, but they're definitely out there more. In my time, you was there as a footballer and that was it. You wasn't a focal point there as such, Premier League you know, Premier League happened in the last four or five years of my career and since that time even then, Premier League wasn't talked about anywhere near as much as what it is now, so in theory, not exactly you know, footballers are people you're supposed to look up to, but everyone looks at a Premier League for what they're going to do, it seems like it's a signal for other people to follow to follow suit on what's going on and they seem to like to be that initiative to always have a look and question the Premier League. So with these players doing that, it's definitely going to be highlighted. And as Pete mentioned, it's not really going to change a lot, really. And it is in certain ways, yes, people do look for them because if they don't react, then they're questioned for not reacting. That's that isn't you know, it's hit or miss, to be honest, in that sense. So, yes, right. In certain ways, they, they have to make a point, have to be out there. But it's not going to make difference and it is going to need changes within any industry, but definitely in football for black people, people of colour to be in higher positions. But they have to be in those positions on the fact that they've earned the right to be there. And When they do get there, then they've got to go in there and do the job right. As, as we know, I mean, for all the years of me growing up all the time and other people, but around other black people growing up playing football, the older ones, the more mature ones at that given time, they always said to me, Paul, whatever you do, you have to always be better than the white man. Because otherwise, if you're not, you're not going to go any further. Because if you're equal, you know which way they're going to go. I think that statement hasn't really changed over these years, even up to now. And we're talking 40 years minimum of me being told things like that so things haven't really changed enough in america it hasn't it's never gone forward but here in the uk it's definitely stepped on because there's so many things you can speak out now to people you can talk to people and people will go there and, and actually put put themselves in the line of fire to go and help you when during when i was playing football they couldn't do because it would have affected their jobs which means it affects their family but now there is like kick it out everything you know the red card there's places that there's organizations to help people of color move on and well take them forward and make life hopefully make life a lot easier
3: and let's jump in there i want to say, touch on something paul said there about i thought it was interesting to say about how players now you're damned if you do speak out you're damned if you don't speak out and actually i think it's interesting thinking about the lewis hamilton quotes from over the weekend obviously he was calling out the rest of the f1 paddock for having not spoken out and then the minute his quotes came out you immediately saw a rash of uh quotes come out from all the other drivers in the paddock they were posting on their social media chat and i'm not i'm not insinuating anything about any of those drivers because that's not my place at all but it is it is i think interesting to sort of watch how that plays itself out because now especially in today's world with social media the way it is I, I wonder how what percentage of these messages that you see on social media are posted because it's good to be seen to be posting it. And how many people are actually posting it because they've taken on board lessons that they've learned and they're actually trying to make a difference. And a lot of it – I don't know. You don't want to say anything bad about it because it's obviously people trying to make a difference out there. But sometimes a lot of it does just feel empty and it does feel like as if people are just making a statement for the sake of it. And again, it comes back to that point is how can you actually affect real change? And a lot of the times it's very difficult to do that because – So much of this world is controlled by such a select few people. Exactly.
0: Sorry, Ola, I know you're going to say just something just quickly. The one thing that bothers me, what's happening, happening out there now, is it seems like now it's fashionable for people to be offended. And I don't I don't want that. I really don't want a lot of these people saying they're offended what's going on if they don't mean it. And I think that's what maybe you might have been alluding alluding to there, Pete, in that sense, that everybody now has to be seen as being offended by something that's said. And I'm not on about not about race, colour, anything. It just seems like it's a common thing to be offended, which I really don't get. And you do, all I want is just people, if they're going to say something, make sure it's from your heart and not because you feel you have to do it.
2: Yeah, exactly. I think it's it's one thing to make statements and that's a that's some sort of step forward. Um, but we really are looking for systemic change. So we're looking for more people in boardrooms, in higher places, um, in places of power and change. Um, to actually affect the culture of our society and football itself.
3: I give it, can I give a really good example of that that I've seen recently, right? So obviously a lot of clubs have come back to training and they have to adhere to social distancing guidelines. I think in Austria, Linsk, the team that played United in the yeah. Europa League, they were fined, I think, six to nine points. I can't remember what it was exactly because their players were breaking social distancing rules. How on earth can it be the fact that they get fined six to nine points breaking social distancing rules if their fans are racist the best they're going to get like in terms of the biggest punishment is going to be a partial stadium closure and like a little fine which for them is going to be absolutely nothing that's just until like football actually like starts putting in proper punishments for this sort of stuff you're not going to see any changes at all because like otherwise there's like you're not telling these people that what they're doing is wrong like a lot of the times these people aren't educated they don't understand if you can show them that what they're doing is wrong and the fact that like look this has actually affected your team it's not as if like they're oh you're playing with like 25% less fans. No one cares about that. We're in the world now where you're going to be playing behind no fans for the next nine months, probably. So unless you can actually show these people that actually what they're doing is wrong, they're not going to care and they're not going to change. And like, education is one of those things. But until you have people higher up and people who you can look at in a position of power and say like, oh, that's actual diversity. Like that's why it's important not to discriminate by colour or race or gender or anything like that. Then nothing's going to change. And I know we keep making the same point, but that is actually the issue. And in so many ways, and so many things of society, sport is actually a trailblazing thing. And sport can do so many amazing things. But I feel like in this particular area, it falls down so hard.
0: One of the things as well is that you've just said there. I know it keeps getting said all the time, but same as when you're doing something in football, you you get you'll get face to face with somebody, and you'll start throwing the ball to, and they volley it back. They volley it back then all of a sudden you do it the next day. And all of a sudden, someone will come and say, but we're doing the same thing. Or it's just just so you don't forget. And that's what it's about. To do something repetitive isn't bad, it's just good. So to keep reminding people all the time and telling people and educating them about creed, about religion, about the color of the skin, and just keep reminding them, it helps. Rather than just thinking, i.e., here's a T-shirt, run around with that before the game. And then and then take the t-shirt off and play the game. What's the point in that? What is the point? You know I just I don't really understand what what's going on, and when I, I see things, I mean kids are not born racist. We know that it's a fact. They become racist because the people who are in and around them, mainly parents, family, so they're the ones who need it. as the kids who can educate them, educate their parents, their family about how they feel. <clears throat> we lived in Singapore for eight years and my kids when they were younger for, and kids around and I saw a kid going he's going dad dad that kid over there that kid over there and, and that, which one and he goes well, him over there he's got the he's got the so-and-so trainers on and he's got that on and the dad's gone, I don't know who it is the kid comes over and the that was Chinese now the dad in his own mind was thinking so if he had just said maybe he was Chinese I might have got it but the kid didn't see him he just saw him as a friend he saw him as a friend rather than what colour he was or or where he was from. He just saw him as a friend and that's and that's kids. And that is and that is the biggest problem. Some of the people people out there should be embarrassed with the fact how their children are.
1: I think a lot of the complaints is that it's black players speaking out against racism. And Lewis Hamilton in particular, I know he's he's from Formula One, but he seemed to suggest that he was completely alone um and that he wanted more response from 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 white drivers. Um, and I just wondered Paul Ola, Pete, what do you think white players, you do, I know you don't want empty platitudes, but would it help if white players actually all took a knee, say, in in celebration for a goal or before a match?
2: Um, I think the thing that would help is if they weren't prompted to before or prompted to by black players and by black people, where we have to be the example so people feel comfortable or, or know that that's something to do. If you understand that there's an inherent privilege and you understand and you have the compassion to, to want to do something about it, it shouldn't really take more of a prompt from the people who are actually oppressed to make that statement if you are genuine with that thing, uh, with, with, with your compassion. Unfortunately, that, that is the case a lot of times, especially within football, which is a very controlled and, and observed environment, uh, where a lot of players... Uh, feel that they can't speak out, um, black players especially, but also white players. They don't want to feel that like they're ostracised from any fans or whatever. Um, but this isn't the time for that, and it's, it hasn't been the time for that for a very, very, very long time. Um, so we do need people to step up and to make statements and to instigate and also join the efforts held by their black players, uh, uh, their black teammates, um, but also. Alongside that is putting donations towards helping uh, anyone who's arrested by arrested from riots or that type of thing, or putting or actually going to their local MP and asking them the right question, Why is there this injustices in specific areas and that type of thing? Um, to use your platform and use your voice properly and in an effective way to address power to try and affect change, rather than the empty platitudes that can come from just simply. Uh, put a post up on Facebook after Lewis Hamilton or, or Paul Pogba has already done so.
1: Yeah, the only, re- only reason I mention it is because uh, quotes from kick-out chairman uh, Sanji Banderi. I think they're important, so I will, I will put them in here. So he says, I'm not sure how you can sanction Marcus Taram. So Taram obviously took the knee. Um, I don't think he's done anything wrong. He's just taken a knee. I wonder if that's the thing I would encourage if players want to protest. If you score a goal and take a knee, could everyone do that? not just the black players the white players too everyone every player should do it it should be teams doing it you saw erling holland's celebration after the first game back where all the borussia dortmund players did the social distancing celebration they could all take a knee racism's not about black players or brown fans it's about all of us racism corrodes society and we're all hurt by it everyone should want to demonstrate their solidarity and disgust. so i just i just wonder where where banderie banderie's coming from if you say that actually all right, it's nice celebrations, but it needs to go further.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I think to 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 Bandary's quotes that FIFA have come out to say that referees and football organizations as as football associations should uh should use common sense, quote unquote common sense when it comes to celebrations addressing uh addressing social issues, especially this one. Um I don't think that was the sanctions the sanction against Taram, that doesn't make sense to me. Um The sanction against Jaden Sancho when he took off his t-shirt, I think there was no problem. Well, I think Jaden Sancho didn't think there would be a problem receiving a yellow card for that because everyone knows that if you take off your t-shirt in in football, you're going to get a yellow card. So that's not really a big issue. The big issue is really FIFA stepping up and doing something actually effective to try and mitigate uh, and stop racism within football. Um, They've done. There's been a number of campaigns. There's a number of organisations. There've been a number of efforts towards trying to do this within football specifically and nothing has been really effective we've talked about the the fines that football associations or individual teams have been given and they haven't been effective as of late um there needs to be something more concrete and more more effective by the huge organizations that run run football and run the world as well
0: do you think there could be
2: a possibility
0: of something coming good out of these games being, be, being played behind closed doors and now black players now can play without anything hap- now playing kind of in a way of, say, if I use the word freedom, I don't know if that's too, too big a word to use, but they're playing about worry or even their mindset about people in the stands. When they go away from home and play games, they can in kind of in not worry about that being around them. Is there a way that, that when crowds do come back and when that comes out, to actually action something off the back of playing behind closed doors. And I haven't got an answer for it, but I'm just wondering it could maybe be a step forward after some way of dealing with it.
3: I think it'd be fascinating to watch because I think that you're right. I think now there's obviously there's no one in the stadium, so there's no opportunity for racist chanting or whatever. But also I think a lot of the leagues are sort of talking about when they come back, they're going to do it in smaller groups. So you're going to have say 15, 20% capacity in that situation you're going to be able to hear everything that's being said by the crowds at all time. And I think that it's going to be A, a lot easier to stamp out the individuals who are doing it. And B, I think you're going to see a response from the other players in the teams. Because again, this isn't, I'm going to the Formula 1 thing again. I'm not insinuating anything about any of the players involved right now. But a lot of the times when there's racist chanting, it's only the black players who are reacting. It's not the white players. I'm not insinuating anything about that because... Like, Paul, you played in a packed stadium. If it's a small group of people doing something and the crowd are going mental about something else, you can miss what's being said by that small group. But if it's a smaller group of fans in general, I think you're going to maybe see a situation where the rest of the players notice it. Because I think one of the big things, I think going back to I think what Snowball said earlier about what can white players do in general, I think a lot of times if you grow up as a white person, you grow up in a situation where you're not open to that much diversity and you, you're not racist yourself you just haven't experienced a lot of racial diversity because of where you happen to grow up it can be a diffi- it, can, it can be difficult for your brain to accept that these things happen at times and obviously they do happen but sometimes these people come from these backgrounds where they've just never seen it happen before so how on earth could this happen i've never seen this happen before but then when you actually hear it happen and when you see it happen to your teammates then actually i think it's like a wake-up call and again as all i said earlier these people shouldn't need these sort of things like you should be you should be informed enough and aware enough that this is going on in the world every day You shouldn't need that. But it seems like a lot of people do need that push. And if that push gets us to the end goal, which is where we can try and stamp out racism as much as we can, then that's a good thing. I I have no issue with people being uneducated as long as they are making the effort to educate themselves, learn things, and then progress that way. There's no shame in admitting that you were wrong in the past if you're trying to be a better person today. And also, just go back to the Marcus Turan thing that Ola was talking about earlier. I think football's got to be so careful about that. Because you're getting dangerously close to Colin Kaepernick situation. And exactly. I, exactly. Especially for taking a knee. Yeah, if you start, like, the Kaepernick thing is, like, going out beyond all sorts of proportions. And, like, this week an ex-NFL executive admitted that his protest ended his NFL career. And this was a guy who went to the Super Bowl the year before he started protesting. So, like, he's not a bad player, he's an unbelievably good player. And now you've seen the situation over the last four or five years where NFL teams you know their quarterbacks go down injured and they've signed these like backup guys off the street rather than sign Kaepernick because they don't want to like, alienate their fan base. So like, if you start doing something like that in football, you've got to be so careful because it goes back to what I said earlier. You need to make changes at the top because ultimately these sports owners in all these countries, particularly in America, but in, in every country, the sports owners are unbelievably influential because they are very rich people with very close ties to those in power and with the influence over a lot of people thanks to sport. And, in pretty much every situation of every sports club, it's all white men who own it, all, old white men. And what the Kaepernick situation shows us is that it doesn't really make a difference when you do that because they're still going to be old white men. So if football starts punishing Marcus Turam, it just shows itself to be as out of date as the NFL has shown itself to be.
1: I think the just to, just to, I think the Bundesliga have almost. Kind of apologized for having to look into the into the um, the celebrations, and and FIFA have said that they should use common sense. So hopefully nothing will come of it, and hopefully the NFL is not what the major European football leagues are. Um, but I think you're right, Pete. I think until you get mass change at the top, sadly, all these protests are going to persist and go on and on and on and on.
3: Yeah, right. I think there's. I think realistically, like, as we sort of touched on at the start with Paul, like. You can keep doing these protests and it's good. People should use their platform. But how are things going to change? Like, things aren't going to change unless people in power want to change. And the President of America has shown very clearly that he doesn't want to change. The Prime Minister of this country has shown very clearly that he doesn't want to change. So it's up to us. And it comes back again to what Ola said about how we need to educate the next generation in particular so that when... And we'll pause it. People, kids aren't born racist. So if we can educate kids, then it means that you can make that change as the next generation comes through and the older generation phases out. The problem is, is that... That's a long time. And between now and then, more innocent lives are going to be lost, unfortunately.
1: I think on that powerful message, I think we'll wrap it up. Um, Paul, thank you very much for joining us, parking your lives to to lend us your, your opinions again. Much appreciated.
0: Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Pete. Nice to meet you both. Thank you, Ola.
3: Cheers, Paul.
1: And Ola, obviously, yeah. thank you. You never have, have a solid appearance on the, uh, the Game of Opinions podcast.
2: Two for two. I like it. Thank you very much for having me.
1: And Pete, you weren't just making up the numbers today. Some of your arguments were really good, really passionate.
3: Just appreciate it.
1: Um, Hopefully you found that interesting too at home. Um, You've been listening to Game of Opinions from
2: Eurosport. Over and out.